Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Spoiler warning. If you have not seen the 2005 film uh, The Honeymooners or the 1950s sitcom uh do not listen to this podcast uh because we're going to spoil it if you're okay with that film being spoiled which you know i think is okay uh do listen to the podcast because we appreciate the listens um and and the ad money from various uh <laughs> deliver like uh food delivery um, he's not joking He's not joking. It's, not, it's wanted- not a lot of ad money, but, you know, it, it pays for Tom, our audio guy. Anyway, Thanks, this has Tom. been your spoiler warning. <laughs> now we'll jump right into the uh, podcast with this piece of music from Tom Armstrong. Peace. I hate the word. everyone and welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizama Rama. This is a podcast where myself and my mate Zach, we chat about John Leguizamo and all the awesome stuff he's done. That's right, Johnny Legs, the Legs Man. Leguizamo, L is for legendary. Mm-hmm. What an awesome guy. E is for the everyman. Uh, he's funny, he's handsome, but he can also play the everyman very well. G is for greatest showman. Wasn't in the movie. Probably should have been. Could have been if Baz Luhrmann directed it. He and he was still like he could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, U is for you are my favorite underrated actor, John Leguizamo. I is for I reckon Ice Age was a real pinnacle in your career, Johnny Legs. Could have just edited it out, I reckon. I know, but that's I okay. That's I okay. Yeah. No, that's all right. Um, oh. Z or Z <laughs> is for Zachary Ruane from Recaps with Mission Zach and Auntie Donna is a fan of John Leguizamo. Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, a is for Ah. Sexy Luigi is so hot. Mm. M is for Mario is the last name of Luigi, Mm. a character played by our favourite actor, John Leguizamo. And O is for, oh, my God, what a guy, what a legend, Mm -hmm. what an amazing actor. Um, you might know me. <laughs> My name is Mish Wittrup. Uh, you might know me from botching the intros. Uh, and I'm joined, as always, by my very dear friend, Zachary Thomas Ruane. Can we say your middle name? Yeah. Oh, it's public knowledge? Sick. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Zachary Thomas Ruane, who you might know from. Uh, Bocce. I did play a game of Bocce once and it was fantastic. I love Bocce. Fuck yeah. I love Bocce. Uh, um, Mish, hello. Um, hello. People say you're not meant to mention it, but I think it's worth mentioning because the sound is a little worse. There's an awkward tension in the air and there's like a clunkiness between the performers. And I appreciate it when I'm listening to a podcast when they get it out of the way, they tell us the, the fact of the matter. The awkwardness comes from Zach and I broke up. We broke up and we're like doing a, um, we are doing like a, uh, I'm trying to think of examples here. We are doing like um, Meg White and Jack White of the White Stripes staying together for the band. Like, like Kaylee Kawako. And Jim Parsons, no, and that other guy from Big Bang Theory who dated in season one, broke up but remained friends and lovers on the show. Really? Because he's such a nerd. I know, and she's so hot. It's funny because as you said that, I processed it, and I'm like, no, he's probably hot. I'm going to look him up. He's probably hot in person. Yeah, he's hot. He's hot. Uh, Like um, Taika Waititi. And uh, his ex, who is, oh. produce, who, who is his producer. That's nice. And now he's with Rita Ora. <laughs> I like to think of myself as the Rita Ora in our relationship, Zach. Yeah, you're, you're the Rita Ora to my <laughs> Tessa Thompson. Yes, that's right. Um, no, Mish. it's awkward and it's awkward and clunky and the sound sucks because we're over Zoom. We're doing it over Zoom because we're back in a lockdown. I'm not going to dwell on it because I think sometimes us Victorians, we can dwell on all our lockdowns and forget. We can, we can get a little bit like, oh, we're in another lockdown. And that's worse than Queensland has it. Yeah. But then we forget. And when we say that, we forget that maybe we have listeners in India. Or yeah, maybe we true. have listeners in America. Yeah, this where, is true. Where, it, where they didn't, well, in America, they didn't do lockdowns, but then they lost people. So <laughs> I don't want to complain about the lockdowns. Yeah, that's true. We've, that's true. I would rather be in lockdown for another week than kill a nan with my breath. What I will say, though, is none of us can complain if there's a British person listening, because I'm pretty sure British people, I might be wrong, went into like a two-year lockdown and killed everyone. Yeah, think, that's <laughs> I fucked. think Boris Johnson was like, we're going to wait till everyone dies and then anyone who survives will put in a lockdown. Yeah, it's like Boris Johnson just wanted to punish everybody. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to kill the- all your grandparents and then... <laughs> You can't go anywhere after. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do the worst of both strategies and the like and the not and the not. But I think that happened across Europe, to be honest. I think that happened a lot. Everyone went into lockdowns. We're in another one. Mm. Um, That's why we're over Zoom. Uh, But you know what? You know what? We uh, do you know who's in the room with us right now? Who's in the room with us, Zach? The spirit of 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 mid budget 
2000s comedies. That's the thing. doesn't matter how long this pandemic goes for. It doesn't matter how many people die. We will always have mid-2000s low-budget comedy. Mid-budget. I reckon this movie had like, I reckon this movie was like 25 mil. I would go, I'd go about 10 million less than that. I think you're thinking below the line. Above the line, I reckon there would have been a few big wages in there. I reckon Cedric the Entertainer. I reckon, I reckon a couple of people there. Johnny Lex. Wages, you know, just. I mean, how much does Mike Epp charge to do a film? How much does Johnny, Johnny Legs make in 2005? I can't imagine he's making less than a few tens of thousands per film. I'll be more than that. I have no idea. I have literally no idea. I reckon that's the next question. That's that's the next question I'll ask him on Instagram. I've asked him how many films he's done with Rosie Perez. I've asked him what his favorite color was. I'm going to ask him how much money he made in 2005. (laughs) I think that's rude. I think that's a rude question. No. No, I don't think so. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Sometimes people ask me how much we make from this podcast and mm. I say it's still costing us money, but what we make is the pressure to watch mid-budget 2000s comedies every week. Yeah, that's right. What we make is... Um, uh, what, no, Zach, what we make is large... Long road trips, enjoyable for some people. For a That's very, true. very few, very few, but some. My housemate recently drove from Sydney to Melbourne mm-hmm. um, and said that she tried to listen <laughs> to That's our good. podcast. She's like, I listened to about 20 minutes, but I just didn't get it. Mm. Now, this yeah, is no, my very, very everyone. dear friend. Yeah. <laughs> she I just don't get it. And I was like, I, oh, okay. I think that... This podcast is for no one. (laughs) That's it. No, I think that this podcast is for no one. But I think that the person that has interest in this podcast, like the top three people that this podcast is not for, Mm -hmm. is our loved ones. 100%. This podcast is purely for you and me. It's purely for you and me. But if someone can have a listen and be like, hey, I can spend a moment with two fun people having a chat about an actor they love, right? Yep. They go, that's fun. I can be like, that's what a podcast like this is all about. You know, the podcasts I listen to, the funny ones, I, I, I don't like the laugh out loud funny podcasts. I just prefer comedians having a chat about mm. something niche. I'm talking about the one I listen to about theme parks. Now- <laughs> If I'm listening to a comedy podcast I don't want to go like hard laughs I just want to like be like uh, The the person in the room that's not talking You know what I mean? That's what I like I like being like Oh this is what it's like to be a shy person Just sitting and listening to the loud people talk That's what a podcast is for me Now if you know us why in God's name would you sit through like an hour and a half, two hour phone call from one of us and then to relax, put on the podcast? Yeah, well, that's because exactly right. The podcast is just what you have to sit through every single fucking day of your life, but, mm. you know, just slightly less sooky. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. That's all the podcast is. So if you know us, you're not like, like you're not chilling out to our when I, um When I first got together with my partner, it was around about the time we first started doing this or we're about mm. to release this, release this or something. And he was like, oh, baby, <laughs> I'm mm. going to listen to every episode. I'm like, no, like, you, no, you don't have to do it. He's like, no, no, I, I wanna, I'm going to do it. I That's love so the concept cute. and you're so funny. And he did. He listened to every single episode. But around about two months ago, <laughs> he stopped messaging me on podcast day telling me I loved that ep. Mm. And I checked in with him like a week ago and I was like, do you still listen? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a couple of weeks behind now. He, mm. I don't think he's listened for like two months. Well, this is He the got test. me in the bag now. This is the test. Ask yeah. him. All right. Ask him. All right. Baby. You <laughs> listening? Are you listening? If you're and listening. Shoot us a text. Shoot me a text. Shoot Zach a text. And um, say. No, shoot Misha a text. I don't think he has my number. But I think that's a great test. I know for a fact my partner's not listening. She's mm. never listened to an episode. That's fair. She knows both of us quite well. And it's like, she, there is no, like, why would you do that? Yeah. Well, that's, and what? that's what I mean. Like, I think that you're right. It's like my partner and I have gotten to a point now where we know each other so well and we talk so often that to hear me do this on his, during his time off from me <laughs> seems insane. It's like um, if my partner wanted to uh, listen to me talking for two hours about a film that I didn't care much for, but still insist on analyzing in a way like it can enrich <laughs> both of our lives. She could just um, listen to me while I talk. Mm. <laughs> oh, 100%. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, um, I have something I want to mention before we launch into talking about the honeymooners, if you don't mind. I have a new obsession that I've been I just watching hope lately. Before you, do, before you do, it's not COVID misinformation, is it? No, I would never <laughs> spread such lies. Because if it's COVID misinformation, even if it's something you believe to be true, Mish, I'm going to have to stop you. No, what we can do is we can put we haven't, we haven't put we haven't put Tom to work for a while. Tom, at this point of the recording, can you do a fun COVID misinformation warning right but now? But only if oh, like right now? Yeah, just do one right now, and I'll just do one right now, just for fun. There you go, Tom. There's a fun little thing for Thank you. Thank um, you. No, I'm not actually about to say anything that involves. But it's COVID. good we have a warning just to be yeah. safe. No, my new favorite thing to watch, and I'm obsessed with it, is replenishment videos what's this this is <laughs> this is so good zach i'm going to start sending you so many there's a lot of them on tiktok oh and God. it's people who run out of stuff in their house and then replenish them but do it in a way where everything is stored really well so they'll be like oh it's frozen food 
replenishment and they have all their frozen veggies and meats in Tupperware in their fridge. Mm. They pull them out and they refill them and put them back in. But then the best ones are laundry replenishments. Like people have run out of detergent, so they fill up the new detergent and put it back so everything's full and everything's ordered and clean. Oh, it's, oh, it's the, oh, it's so good. Do you enjoy it or do you think it's lame? I, no, I think it's fascinating because it's so far removed from my life. I have, in, I have a little, um, what are they called? Are they called French laundries? Yes. Yeah. Fr- I have French, a little. Something like that. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I have a little like a laundry in a door. <laughs> Yeah, a little laundry cupboard. I have a laundry in a door. It's like a magic door. And when you open yeah. it up, inside is my laundry. And yeah. I have a washing machine in there and I have a sink and I have two clothes horses. Under the sink is a little cupboard. And inside that little cupboard is an even smaller laundry. <laughs> no, no. Inside that cupboard is all my detergents, but they're all just yeah. kind of thrown in there. And like when I need one, I just kind of rifle and grab them. So this is so far removed from my life. These people have like specific storage containers for detergents and for like fabric softener and like something called a dryer sheet. I've never used a dryer sheet. I I do. I like, I mean, there's not me. This is, Mm. this is not a me thing, Mm. but there are dryer sheets in my house. Yeah. Well, we've just moved to dryer balls, which are a more permanent thing. They're a big, like that they live in the dryer and you add a droplet of essential oil to it. It's like the dryer sheet, but it uh, is less uh, wasteful. When we Um, get off this chat, mm. I will send you some videos. Please show them to your partner because I'm so sure that Annie will love them. Can I be absolutely clear here when I say I personally have never bought a dryer sheet? Neither have I. No, it's not about that. But there are always dryer sheets I don't use them for inspiration. I don't use these videos for inspiration. I'm not going to start storing my yogurts in a Tupperware container in the fridge, but it's just fascinating to watch. Do you remember the other other day you posted on Instagram that you couldn't sleep and you wanted help? Mm. And I said you should listen to people playing with paper. Mm -hmm. Mm. Okay. I don't, I don't find it like uber soothing. I just find it fascinating watching people play with paper. It's like an mm. ASMR thing, right? All the other ASMRs are weird. Like the not weird, different. They're not weird, they're different. Um, uh, with like role play and like people eating and stuff. Like that doesn't do it for me at all. No, 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 thank you. But people playing with paper really gets me wet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't get horny from it. I just enjoy it. And when I watch replenishment videos on TikTok, I'm in, I'm, I enjoy myself. Not like I, that. I like pimple popper videos. I, I have a strange fascination with pimple popper videos. So I hate I'm, those. Yeah, I, I quite like them. I don't like them, but I'm, I'm there. You know, I'm there for them, and I end up watching them if I get on one. Um, Do you I like popping them- pimples, like other people's pimples? Uh, less so. I've, I, look, I am a big fan of extracting f- things from the so body, getting rid of like plucking hairs, popping pimples, getting rid of blackheads, um, all that sort of process. A good poo, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anything like, like, um, I, I reckon I would be a fiend for like. If I had the money, which I don't, 
mm. like those sort of like crazy detoxes where they're like wrapping you in everything and yeah. pulling everything out of your skin and like pump enemas and all that shit. I yeah. reckon I would love that shit if I was like a crazy Beverly Hills lady. Yeah, I get that. Good you know friend of saying? mine. Good friend of mine gets like an enema every like six months or something. Amazing. I would. She I would loves love- them. I would love that. Apparently, there's no point, but right. I would love it. So, let's say hypothetically, mm-hmm. uh, we're in the studio together legally, mm-hmm. and I'm like Zach, something's really itching my back. Can you just see what the thing? I it's wouldn't like- pop your pimple. No. What if I was like, please? It really hurts. I wouldn't. No. I would I think, pop. I would I do think- it for you. I wouldn't want you to. I wouldn't let you. I think popping a pimple is a very intimate thing between lovers and family. Okay. I, would, I don't. I would, you don't? I, I wouldn't. Well, no, I wouldn't just pop anybody's pimple. Like if someone on the street said, can you get this for me? Absolutely not. Good friends? Yeah, I'd help them out. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And and I, I, I say that of all friends. I just, I would not do that. I, it, I think popping pimples, um, I'm fascinated by it. Mm. But I'm repulsed by it as well. It's like yeah, it's I don't like, like a, the videos. It's like a, I watch those videos, and they're not really pimples. They're usually like boils, you know. Mm. And I watch those videos, and I'm like, I I'm drawn to it, and I can't not watch it because mm. I get so much out of it. But I think it's less that I enjoy the extraction. It's more that I hate the fact that it's in there. I'm just like, get oh, it out. I get it. Get it like out. A good poo. Like a good poo. Yeah. What about um, a vom? Do you enjoy a good vom? No, because now we're getting into kind of trigger warning territory for people. So, so no, and no, I don't. I don't like a good vom. Voming uh, doesn't feel natural. I think a pimple pop, mm. a poo, and a good poo. It's really got to be the right consistency. Nothing too diarrhea or or. <laughs> How long does a good poo take? How long are you in the bathroom for for a good poo? Do you know what a good poo is? Tell me all about it. It's the sort of poo, it's a very clean poo. Um, It's hard enough that it's clean. It's not so hard that it hurts. Um, It's quite quick. Can I just say, I've I've sacrificed so much to keep this joke going because I hate poo chat. Do you? I hate it. I was just doing it for the pod. But, like, as you were talking about having a clean poo that doesn't hurt your bum. I'm not talking about my bum. I'm talking, like, general here. Don't think about my bum. Think the about only just person's like- poo that I can deal with is my own. Like, honestly, I cannot deal with skid marks. I cannot deal with the smell of poo. Yeah, I just have a poo awful. thing. I'm fine with other things. Like I said, I would pop my friend's pimple if it was really bothering them yeah. and they had a scratchy back. I... I don't care about I don't like if my if my friend needs me to hold their hair back back in our early twenties when they'd get too drunk and they'd have a vom, I'd be yeah. happy to do that. Blood doesn't bother me. Bit of snot on like my nephew's face, gross, but doesn't bother me. Poo, there's something about poo that really I hate it. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's it. very stinky. Mm. Um but this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the do you know what? I'm not even talking about the poo. I'm talking about you've done the poo and then you it's quite quick. We're not, we're not going to talk about the poo anymore. And then you're like walking away from the bathroom. Maybe you're walking back to the office or back down to your couch to watch telly. Mm. And, and you're like, oh, wow, I really needed that. I know exactly what you're talking about. And you're like, oh, wow, 
I feel lighter. I'm talking about that feeling, not the mm. poo itself, just the, oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. My before bedtime poo. Yeah. I get it. Um, um, that's t- enough poo talk. This is all. I think we're going to actually see a dip in listeners. I think you can go to the Acast app. Have and you'll look. be able to see people stop listening because they're like, nah, this is awful. Why am I listening to this? I'll tell you why you're listening to this. Because I've done nothing but poo and look at a computer screen for the last four days because I'm in fucking lockdown. <laughs> so be fucking sensitive to that, please. Because <laughs> um, it is hard in Victoria. <laughs> should we talk about the movie, the movie of the week? The movie of the week, the movie of the week. The week. Yeah, absolutely. My um, my in, my my blurb is really shit. It's really shit blurb. That's okay. Just a heads up. You did such a good one for um, was it for collateral damage? It was. It was for collateral damage. Was that actually a good one? Or it was so cheeky? good. No, no, no. It was genuinely so good. Oh, thank you. And so thank that's so like much. redeemed you for weeks. Now you can do shit ones for a, a while. Even if it's just like I've copy-pasted three different Wikipedia articles? That's annoying, but go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's, I've copy-pasted some Wikipedia articles. That's okay. I don't mind. I think I need to own that. But I'll tell you why I copy-pasted it. The second Please. one was because of laziness. The first one was because the last line is strange in an opening paragraph. Great. Okay. The Honeymooners is a 2005 American family comedy film directed by John Schultz, an updated version of the original 1950s television series of the same name. This adaptation stars a predominantly African-American cast, including Cedric the Entertainer, Gabriel Union, Mike Epps and Regina Hall. The film was panned by critics. Roger Ebert was one of the few people to give it a positive review. Hey! Um, which I just thought that line was so peculiar. It's odd. Like it was panned by critics, but not this, but then Roger Ebert's very respected, but it's just like, that's for, there's a whole section for that. Anyway, Mm. then I thought, well, that doesn't tell us a lot about the plot. What I'm going to do now is copy paste the plot of the uh, sitcom. Great. So I clicked through to that and I copy pasted. It follows the lives of New York City bus driver Ralph Cramd, Cramd, his wife Alice, and his best friend Ed Norton. But I did, I did <laughs> add my own little fla- little sprinkle of flavour here. Here it comes. He, his goofy neighbour, not to be confused with the overrated actor, as they get involved <laughs> with various schemes in the. <laughs> Spoken about Edward Norton, and this might not come as a surprise to you, but I agree so much. <laughs> I agree so much. No shade to Norton. Overrated does not mean bad. Oh, no, he, no, he's not bad. He got lucky. He it's got just, lucky. He's a very good writer. Anyway, uh, mo, uh, uh, as they get involved in with various schemes in their day-to-day living, most episodes revolve around Ralph's poor choices in absurd dilemmas, which frequently show his judgmental attitude in a comedic tone. Yeah. Then I wrote my own bit. John Leguizamo plays Dodge, an aptly named dodgy greyhound trainer who was in the film heaps more than I thought he would be. Yeah. So this is my description. 
mostly copy paste. You know, really, I was two minutes of editing away from being able to claim it as my own. But I felt it was important to just. I thought it was solid, to, to be honest. Thank if you, you hadn't, so much. if you hadn't, if you didn't premise the whole thing with this one's a bit shit, I wouldn't have thought it was shit at all. I would have thought that you'd you'd done well, a good job. The editors at Wikipedia, you know, donate their time and they do a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, um, I love Regina Hall. Oh yes. I think Regina I, I really like Gabrielle Union. So do That's I. What I was thinking as I was watching it. There you go. Yeah. That's fun. Um, the, those two women, so Cedric the Entertainer's wife and then her best friend who's played by Regina Hall. So Cedric the Entertainer's wife is Gabrielle Union and her best friend is Regina Hall. Um, is mm. that also Ed Norton's <laughs> wife? Wife, yeah. Yeah. Um, they were easily my favourite characters. Um, I just I think Regina Hall is so funny and just yeah. so easy to oh watch. My God. Yeah, Regina Hall is from all the scary movie movies, and I don't. I'm not a big fan of a parody film. Like it doesn't really do it for me. But Regina Hall is by far the highlight of scary movie. Do you know what I'll say of this film? This film was coming out. It it it, it's based on a 1950s sitcom, right? Mm -hmm. And it 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 is what it is. Like exactly what you think it is. It's that. Right. And I'm fascinated by movies like this because they don't really exist anymore. Just like this sort of Thursday, it comes out, it's out for a couple of weeks, you know, just that mid budget kind of comedy that's based on a sitcom. We'll talk about that. Mm. But this movie's coming out at about the same time as everybody loves Raymond. Right. Mm. And other movie and King of the Hill and all of that. It's about it's from that same archetype of like the down on his luck. I presume the sitcom is that it's kind of a trope of sitcoms is the down on his luck, mm. lovable, goofy guy and yeah. his wife that's just like just kind of almost like just like wants him to pull him into line. Yeah. This film written when that was still a genre in sitcoms still is, but really when it was very much still happening, I think even though it's about that dynamic, gives those characters a level of depth that you don't see in like an Everybody Loves Raymond. The male characters? No, no, we know about that. And I'm not saying, like, the movie is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm already a step past, like, the fact that it's about what it is. But I think Regina Hall and Gabrielle Union, for, those, for what those characters are, okay, like, yeah. they, they have a level of, like, it's not, they're not just, like, nagging killjoys like they actually i feel like the script gives them some like like i don't feel like them i don't think they're asking for too much and i don't think they're nagging and being like negative nancy's i think they're just like they, there's a like a, a sprinkle of depth to those characters that surprised me yeah they would they it looked like they were having fun it wasn't they would weren't just there to hold up the male characters they had their own kind of Shtick. And I think, and I think, like, what would be nagging in a show? Like, what I, I was expecting when I like read the blurb, I was like, oh, these these characters are just going to be nagging the whole time. Mm. Whereas I don't think she was nagging so much as being like, oh, I would, you know, I think she had some like, I don't know, there was no, some purpose. Saying. There was some yeah, but- purpose behind her. I don't know, like she she had motivation in a way. Deborah on Everybody Loves Raymond doesn't. I will say this. I think this movie lost me very early on and mm. this was the reason <laughs> because I think it was it just it just pissed me off. 
Mm. So um, the movie starts with Cedric the Entertainer and Gabrielle Union meeting and they Mm. obviously fall in love. And he says to her, I'm going to basically give you the world. I'm in for big things. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not actually a bus driver. I'm going to be a millionaire. I've got all these ideas and I'm going to take care of you, baby. And then it flashes forward six years and they're living in a very small apartment. They're obviously not very wealthy. They don't have a lot. She works. He's still a bus driver. She's working um, as a waitress, right? So they're in this crappy apartment. On the stovetop, they have an entire set of of um, Le Creuset or Le Creuset dishes. So they have a casserole, Le Creuset. They have a fucking pasta pot. Okay, they have yeah. – do you have any – they have ramekins. Do you have any idea how expensive that cookware is? Uh, no. It is – so I love, I love them. this. I love this for a reason to 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 check out of a film, though. Well, I'm no, here it was for just, this. It was a lack of detail that comes with a lot of mid budget comedies. Um, well, do you know what? It, I think that's the mid budget sneaking in. It's like going for like shabby chic. It's well, it's, that's because the luck giving say, enough money to the art director that they can yeah. buy the ex- yeah yeah. I'm so sorry if I'm butchering the pronunciation of it, but the the Le Creuset. Mish, Cookware this is amazing. Uh, is, no, most... because it's quite kitsch. You know what I'm talking about, right? Those really colourful, like really sturdy. Anyway, this is why I know how expensive they are. I have wanted Le Creuset cookware for so long. It's amazing. kind of it's kind of like Oh, this... I know, I know. Yeah. I, I think I've got one. Yeah, a lot of people get like the casserole dish for their 21st or for their Yeah. 30th. It's like a family gift that they give and it's the only present you get because it's around about $400, $500 or something outrageous, right? I have wanted one but have not been able to justify it. Side note, partner's got one. I fucking shacked up real good. But mm. when I got my tax back <laughs> last year I was I treated myself to some Le Creuset mm-hmm. and I bought myself a salt pig and it was mm. $60 and mm. it is it sits on my countertop in my kitchen mm. and it is so beautiful and it makes me so happy but that's all I could afford and somehow Cedric the Entertainer and Gabrielle Union when they're both Bitching about how poor they are, they yeah. have somehow managed to obtain an entire fucking set. Okay. I beg your pardon. Okay, so what I'm going to throw out, I'm going to throw out a few things at you. Firstly, all, I'm here for this as a reason to hate on a film. Like, Thank you. I'm here for it. Most people go for like the big lofts, you know. But this mo- this this apartment feels quite small, and it's a rental, and we don't know where it is in New York, so it could be a rental quite far out. It's near the trains, like all of those things. You know, when you compare it to like the Friends apartment, yeah, you know, it's it's they've kind of or the Flash Dance one. Doesn't she live in a giant loft? Or the Ghost yes. one? Yeah, the Ghost apartment is like, oh, amazing. that's ridiculous. Yeah, um, but like the apartment isn't too big. Um, usually that's what takes me out of a movie set in New York is people being like, we're, we're struggling to make ends meet. And it's like, yeah, you're living in a warehouse conversion. Yeah. They've always been for the bourgeois. Um, like maybe when it was a warehouse, you could argue that you were poor. 
But the apartment is kind of on the money in terms of their value. I love that you've decided that um, this movie is unbelievable because the character at some point in the last five years thought, fuck it, splashed out and bought a La Croissette <laughs> set. But in the entire set, Zach, that's a couple of thousand dollars. Like... It's uh, ridiculous. What if it was from? What if it was from the estranged father? We know the mother is a divorcee. What if it's from an estranged it father that otherwise new. doesn't support? It was support? very. It looked no, very but I'm saying for unused. like a wedding present. Like he came and he said, "Look, here's a La Croissette set of." Um, and she was like, "Oh my god, you shouldn't have!" And then she no. cried that night to to her uh, bumbling husband, and she said. I don't want this. I don't. I want, want the five thousand dollars. Yeah. I want him to have been there for me, but yeah. he left. He All left. the five thousand dollars. He moved to Los Angeles to make money, and then he comes back and he gives me a pile of. Or what if? Um, what if it was involved? What if it was one of his schemes? The main character gets up to schemes. What if he one day spent their savings on a bunch of La Croissette, uh crockery with the intention of selling it or on selling it. I think you're giving this movie too much credit. <laughs> I think you're giving it too much thought. You opened this door. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I think it's because it's so personal to me. It's because I have wanted one. That's and so, so funny. I can spot him. When I walk through David Jones, I can spot Le Crusade or Le Crusette no, from La a mile off. Makes sense for me. I want my it. question. It's when What's I know the resale I'm- value? What's the resale on, on a Le Crusade? I have no idea why. Because, like, like, maybe they got it and there's no situation where they can sell it or it's worth selling. That's probably more like it, to be honest. So I, I can see a situation where where they got it. Uh, maybe he bought it for her as a gift and she was like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Cedric the Entertainer? You know that I want to save for a down payment on a home. It's possible. It's but look, I'm hearing you. I think I, this is like the best I said. I can. I've ever I can. Heard anyone checking out ever? And I'm like, I give you that. I'm like, I'm here for that as a. Reason. It just got me early because that was so early on in the film. I was like, okay, mm. here we are, and then mm. I just got over it. Yeah, I mean, the movie is what the movie is. But do you know what I'm saying about her being a bit le- a bit deeper than Deborah? I don't know. She didn't feel as naggy. No, no, no. I, I hear what you're saying. I, do I felt like she was given motivation. I don't know. I feel like maybe Gabriel Union came on and was like, I'll do the film, but can we just write in a little bit more? It reminded me a little bit of um, what uh, what um, Meryl Streep did in Kramer versus Kramer. What did Meryl Streep do in Kramer versus Kramer? Same thing she did in, what was that one? She did The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Where where the character was written as a one-dimensional sexist monster and she said, I'll do the film but only if we can add some complexity to this character. And then she, like in her, both in notes for the writing and also in her performance, added complexity to a character that was originally written as a very one-dimensional monster. I think Kramer versus Kramer... Firstly, that was incredibly interesting. I didn't know that. Thank you. Fun fact, you know. Um, I think Kramer versus Kramer is a really, really good example of excellent acting. Mm. She's so good in that. She's so so good that when at the end they're like, like the the ending. I don't want to give it away if you haven't seen it. You know, spoiler warning. But but it's an old movie. I don't think we need to hold on to that. But the ending of it 
where it kind of plays in Dennis Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. I went to say Dennis Hopper. <laughs> kind of plays in Dustin Hoffman's favour. She's so good and so um, relatable and so fantastic in that film. I, like, didn't understand the ending. And then it made me realise that I didn't understand the whole movie. I thought it was about two people that kind of had an equal claim to this child in terms of what the writer was intending. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like she did everything up to a point, then she snapped and walked away, and then he did everything from that point and they both had a valid argument. And then at the end it's like, <laughs> you have her, you have the kid, I'm a monster, bye-bye. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. She was so good. She, like, yeah. shifted. And then it's like, and it, it, but same, and Devil Wears Prada, like, fuck, she's good in that. She's, oh, she's so in, good in that. She is very good. She is very, very good. Yeah. Um, I've, it makes me want to say, every time we do, every single fucking week we record a podcast, I add another movie to the list of like, oh, mm. I need to rewatch that again. And Kramer versus Kramer is one of them. The scene where he runs down the street with his son mm. after his son gets injured, spoiler alert, alert, warning, spoiler warning, is so good. Yeah. And it's just a man running with his child. Incredible. Mm. Mm. Anyway. Mm, real good. Um, I reckon. Oh. Yeah, oh, you go. What were you no, I reckon we should cont- keep talking about the honeymooners. <laughs> oh, well, a little off topic. Yeah. But it made me think, right, isn't it an interesting, arguably old-fashioned thing to make a movie out of a sitcom? Yes. Like the... Like Bewitched? I, yeah, I feel like the 2000s was the last of that. But I'm well, like, did it happen before? It since, it? Was they? it the t- was the 2000s the era of it? Like, like was there? Ever, no, what I'm trying to think is, was it ever done once very successfully, and then people just tried to latch on? Well, I mean, that's what makes stones. I suppose was a thing. Hmm. Um, God, what else? Uh, that's my kind of thing is like I love the a, Flintstones because I've got a thing for John Goodman. So. I love yeah, no, I'm all for the Flintstones. I yeah. I like I think that was a great move. And I love how physical the sets were and everything. Like I, yeah. I, I that's a yeah. Um but it just made me think like what a what an odd thing. I don't think you're gonna see that now. And then I was like fifties to two thousands is like 50 years, right? But also, you know, Flintstones was more like a 30-year gap, Bewitched was the same. And I thought, well, we're nearly hitting 30 years on Friends and there's talks of reunions and stuff. They've already had one. Yeah, and they had that reunion. That's what I mean. Is like, could you imagine now in the next 10 years, like a Friends movie? It would be weird. With with an all-new cast, like starring. Imagine a Frasier movie. (laughs) Yeah, that's Weird. what this is. Imagine in 10, 15 years, a Frasier movie, but starring like, I don't know, like one like of the a, like a, Yeah, I was Frasier. about to say, like, I was exactly about this, exactly what I was about to say. Like they've just got, they've got Liam Hemsworth playing Frasier and they've got like, I don't know, 
They've got McLovin playing his brother. Niles. Do you know who would play Frasier? Is not um, not Hemsworth, the other one, the guy who plays Loki in those ones, um, Tom Hiddleston or like oh a Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch oh. is who's No, <laughs> who's the kid? Who's the kid from Call Me By My Name? Oh, yeah, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, him. Yeah. He would play Niles. No, not Niles. <laughs> What's his name? Is that his name? Niles? Yeah, Niles. Mm. Um, what, but you know what I mean? Like that's what this is. And when I think about it, that's an odd thing. It's weird. Like that's like – and then I was like, what would, how would like that look now? I'm assuming, I'm assuming producers are trying to tap into people's nostalgia. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, but I that's feel like the way, the way they do it now, and it might just be that this is what's in fashion right now. I feel like what they do now is they do reunion shows, which they always did, or they like bring the show back. Mm. Like that's the thing to do now is rather than, reboot it as a movie they bring it back as a limited series with the same cast so they go hey remember that show about a group of people in their 20s doing people in their 20s things well now it's a show about people in their 50s either like depressingly doing different things and it's not the same show or doing Mm. the same things which is even more depressing that's what lucy lucy lisa kudrow said about a friend's movie And she was like, no, it can't really be done because they wrapped it up so well the end of season 10. Keeping in mind, of course, Friends is dated, but at the time they wrapped it up. Everyone got their ending. Everyone had a happy story. And she's like, and I believe that us as the actors and the characters and also the audience was really happy with how it ended. Mm. In order to make a movie, which everyone is begging us to do, we would have to undo those stories. And no one wants to do that, really, because you're literally... It's like it's like the Sex and the City movie, to be completely honest. Like, Sex and the City ended. It was massive. It ended after six seasons. It probably could have kicked on for a few more. It was so popular. So they made a film. The film was okay, but sure, they wrapped everything up in the first one. But when they were like, no, we can make more with a second film, they made another one, which was one of the worst movies ever made because they had to undo everyone's stories. All of a sudden, Steve's cheating on Miranda. Steve would never cheat on Miranda. And it was the most ridiculous. That that was actually the first film. But no, in order to make the movies, they had to undo so much. Like, Mm. Like Charlotte can't get pregnant, so they adopt. And the last fucking scene of Sex and the City, the TV series, is they've been approved for a child that's coming from China. And they're like, oh, my God. And then in the first movie, they didn't know what to do, so they just were like, oh, it's a miracle baby. She's pregnant with her own child. It's like, but she can't have babies. There was a whole season. There was a whole season about it. Fuck. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm trying to think of a time it was done really successfully. Really? Well, um, yeah, it's hard to know. Uh, hey, hey, it's Saturday when that came back for four episodes. Uh, <laughs> you, it's no, true. I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the thing is it depends. Like it depends on what the core of the show is. Like I think you could bring back Frasier, right? I think you mm-hmm. could bring back if you, if you wanted to, if the creatives felt a drive to, that's a show that's about characters and their dynamics and whether they are 30 or 50 or 70, mm. it's still about them. So if there's new ideas, then sure. I, I think the I... issue is when it's like a show that's about 
people of an age. The problem with f- Sex in the City is that's about being largely it's about being a single woman in your 30s in New York. Mm. Like that's part of it. And it's the same with like Friends. Friends is about a group of friends. Well, it doesn't have a lot to hang on, but it's about a group of friends in their 20s. Mm. You know what Before, I mean? It's, and they said it in the reunion. I watched the reunion because I've got a spare time because reunion. of lockdown. Um, I watched the reunion. And they said the reason that the show was so successful was that people could relate because in your 20s, your friends is like an extension of your family. Mm. But then as your life goes on, generally speaking, and this is particularly, like I said, the show is a bit dated, but the kind of concept of needing to get married and have children, they then created their own families. And when mm. that happened, their friendship group, although still tight, stopped being that supportive family system and and they then had their own little family systems and that's when the show could end. Beautiful. Like, but that's when it ends and that's when it has to stop. And I like, I would be so mad if they brought back a Friends film. Well, I would if be they so did mad. Friends now, it would be like, I mean, you could if you wanted to make something about getting older, but it wouldn't be Friends, you know what I mean? It wouldn't be the, a mediocre sitcom about people in their 20s. It yeah. would now be about a group of 50-year-olds that have drifted apart. Mm. And that's a different show and that's interesting. I mean, that is more interesting to me than like what it was, but it's a different show. So either you do something that is like fundamentally different using the same characters Mm -hmm. or you do something that's pathetically the same. Like that's the choice you have. Yeah. or you do this weird reboot with Timothy Chalamet as, um, as Chandler. <laughs> I was going to go for Chandler. Oh, Chandler. Chandler. Or who would play Chandler now? Um, oh, yeah. Who would be? Who would be the cast of Friends? <laughs> if you did a Friends now, no, no, because it couldn't be now. But it, couldn't, it couldn't be now because the, um, I think you'd need to wait another twenty years. And when the, all the actors who are still who were originally in Friends are too old. Um, but no, would, but the idea is even if you did it now, right, you would have like... Um, Matt LeBlanc uh, would still be Joey, but everyone else would be replaced. Or you'd have like a scene where like um, where like uh, Rachel is really sad, right? Mm. And Rachel is now played by Dove Cameron and <laughs> she's really sad and she's sitting there and she's like, oh, I'm so sad. And then um, the bartender is like... <laughs> Well, you, you're in love with a boy that's a bit of an idiot. And she's like, yeah. And she looks up and it's Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> oh, very good. And Jennifer Aniston's like, I've been there, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it. And then they sit down and they have a 10-minute conversation about it. And then Dove looks up when someone's like, oh, do you need another coffee? She's like, oh, no, thank you. And she turns back and Jennifer Aniston's gone. Yeah, man. That's beautiful. That's, I love it. And then um, do you know who would be, still be in it? Is is it Gunther? Yeah. Gunther? The cop, have he Gunther would play himself. It. He would just still be in it. And it's yeah. like kind of disconcerting that this like 80-year-old man is like. <laughs> Working at the cafe. Yeah. Who no, would you cast sense. now? There's a Friends movie. Who do you cast now? Same, who do same I cast concept. now? Okay, so Monica I would cast. Oh, God, this is hard. Um, Monica, I would cast Zendaya. Yeah, we're going to cast Zendaya because no, I'm, I'm walking off set. If, we if have Zendaya's to cast Zendaya. This film. Um, yeah, I no, love Zendaya. She's so yeah. good. She's a real talent. <laughs> yeah. So we started watching put... Euphoria the other day. She's so good in that. So good. Um, so Dove Cameron, that definitely Rachel. Um, <laughs> we've got, come on, we can do this together. Who would, okay, be, so, who would so, be a good Phoebe? So, wait, Zendaya is. Um, Monica. 
Monica. She could also be a good Phoebe. She could no, be a Phoebe, good Phoebe. You want someone funny, Phoebe? Like, um, I know she's. How old are the friends at the start? They're in their. Do you 20s, know who would make they? a great Phoebe? Who? Michelle Brazier. Oh well, we can't cast our friends. No, I reckon we can cast Braz. Yeah, that's a, like a big break for her. But like, yeah, I want to okay. be. Res- I want to help be responsible for that. Here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna like get. Braz to do a self tape and we're going to direct it and we're going to yeah. say we we really want you. Yeah. That's a and good then, idea. And then um and can we then get Reed down in it somewhere as well? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. then like when we can't get Braz in because they're like no, we want this person from um you know, then we go, "Hey, we call we say Braz, you pretty much have it." And then we have to call her and be like, "Ha, ah, you don't, but we've got these two lines for you." <laughs> That's uh, okay. So if we're not casting our friends, who would be a good Phoebe? Um, it need, does need to be somebody funny. Um, who would be a really good Phoebe? Um, oh, God, that's so hard. <laughs> Phoebe is hard because Phoebe's like, uh, like if I'm being real, I, I'm going to be shady for a minute here. Mm-hmm. Um, who plays Phoebe again? What's her name? Lisa Kudrow. I think Lisa Kudrow is far and away the most comedically talented performer in that series. Oh, without a doubt, 100%. Oh, Matthew Perry's very good. Yes, he's um, – which one's Matthew Perry? Chandler. No, do you know who I think is underrated is um, – David Schwimmer? No, the other one, the other guy. Matt LeBlanc. I think Matt LeBlanc is underrated. I think Matt LeBlanc has a real star power. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen him do, um, oh, it's called Red Shoes or something? Oh, my God. Do you want me to ruin your life? <laughs> oh, is he bad in it? No, no, no. I don't actually think it'll ruin your life. So before... Oh, I'm not a, a big scoop. Friends fan, no, by the way. Clearly by me not knowing who no, played me neither. <laughs> me neither. I watched the show, but I was never like an like, absolute crazy fan. Mm-hmm. But here's a fun fact. And I honestly think there'll be a lot of people that don't know this. Before Matt LeBlanc got the role of Joey in Friends, he was probably arguably the least known of the six, right? He didn't yeah, have right. a huge career. He was kind of saying yes to everything. Um, he'd done a lot of bit parts, a lot of extras work. And one of the things he did, I don't fucking want to remember the name of it, so I'm going to look it up. One of the things he did um, right before he got friends was one of those TV shows that's on at like 2am uh, that's really horny and often a murder mystery and every episode is different. I'm just love looking up what it was that. called. I believe it's I love called. that. No, and you can watch it on YouTube. I think I watched it back in like uni days. I haven't thought about it until I saw the reunion. I was like, oh, my God, I remember you before that. It's called The Red Shoe Diaries. Oh, amazing! It started in 1992 and it went for five seasons. This I'll read you the description of Red Shoe Diaries. Please, please, please Red please, Shoe please. Diaries is an American anthology erotic drama series that aired on Showtime Cable Network between 1992 and 1997, and distributed by Playboy Entertainment overseas. <gasps> amazing! It is a spin-off of an earlier film by the same name, also directed by Zalman King. And it is exactly every episode is a different story, I believe. And anyway, he's in one of them and he has very full on sex in an elevator. 
It's not like it's not like subtle sex. He has Matt LeBlanc has full on sex in an elevator, Um, and I think you can probably find the clip somewhere. And he's very sexy in it. It's very hot. They're they're too. That's my biggest criticism of Friends is they're all too sexy. Yeah, they're all too attractive. It's just well, that's the thing. I was like, throw me in there. Make it. That's why I've always been like, if I wasn't in a very committed relationship with someone I love very much, make me the bachelorette. Yeah. That's, that's funny. That's entertainment. I reckon I like, and that's not me being cocky about I'm so fucking talented. No, but at the very least you'll get guys who are like, absolutely not. And then some <laughs> like weird guys who are into people who, like, who are into squishing and squashing. And squishing and squashing. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to partake in it. I can't respond to anything. You, you, you can run with this. Tell me that I'd be a good bachelorette, Zach. I think you'd be a good bachelorette. I was That's like, all. I was very prepared to like make that a thing. Like, I think we talked about it in previous podcasts you, where I was going to like, I was going to push for you to be the next bachelorette, but then you went and found yourself a bachelor and now neither ye nor he are bachelorettes or bachelors. Yeah. But I thought I think that would be very, very good. Like, stop just throwing hot people on the television. Yeah, Throw no, that's what there. I think. I, that's what I think. So we've got Zendaya and we've got Dove Cameron. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm thinking for Phoebe. Yeah. Uh, Geraldine Viswanathan. I don't know who that is. She's from. I only know her because, like, I, I she's a friend of a friend. She's just an Australian person that did really well. But she's doing big stuff over in Hollywood, Los Angeles. Do, do you know who's a friend of ours who would be a great Phoebe? Who? On a wolf. You can't. You can't. You, they have to already have Hollywood connections. Oh, okay. That's the rule. So any friends? Any? If mm. you know, I don't know Geraldine. I've like met her once. Mm. But any friends, right? that you want to cast in it, mm-hmm. you get to say who you go to great lengths to film a, a tape for that then you're really, really sad when the studio exec at um, whatever studio is making it says no. Okay. Yep, so, yep. like, so for me, yeah, like I huge for me, like um, uh, Michelle as Rachel, I, I'm really going to push for that. Mm. I'm really going to push for that and and really hate the phone call when I'm like no they've mm. said they've they've gone with Dove Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry they've gone with Dove Cameron. I can't be bothered casting the boys. I I really can't. I don't have it in me. I don't know enough young performers. Yeah, me neither. I was just thinking like I don't we okay. Well, we'll put Timothy Chalamet in there because why not? What yeah, about well, Saoirse Ronan? She'd be a good. She'd be a good Phoebe. Uh, no, she's a good Phoebe. Like, All right, so, so we've got Saoirse we've got Ronan. the girls. No, we can do. We have to do the boys. We've committed to this. We'll put Timothy Chalamet in there, and he can be Ross. Nah, he'd be. Would oh yeah, I guess. Of the three yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. You could maybe like reimagine. Chan- but you need someone real hot for Chandler, don't you? No. You need someone hot for Joey. Joey. I meant Joey. Why don't we I make Joey... Say- let's make Joey Dev Patel. Is he too old? No. How old's Dev Patel? I don't know. I think he's quite He'd be old about now. my age, right? He was in Skins, I guess. No, nah, he's more... No, he was born in 1990. He's 31. 
I think they're yeah, thirty. I suppose is okay. Yeah, I see Dev Patel as as um as a Ross or a Chandler. I think Dev Patel is Ross. Okay, I'm just very attracted to Dev Patel. <laughs> oh, he's very attractive. I think he's like a hot Ross. Everyone in this right. in this film version has to be hot. All right, so That's Dev Patel un- is hot Ross. So we have Dev Ross. Patel as hot Ross. We could have. Yeah, he'd be great as Ross. Oh, who could play Chandler? That one's hard. But yeah, Chandler's got to be like someone a bit, someone from Saturday Night Live. Now that's what I was thinking. Like, like we can't. Oh, oh do you know who I would cast? He's probably too old now because they're meant to be in their twenties, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but Chandler could be um, what's his name? The bad boy, bad boy that everybody loves, Pete Davidson. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So we've got Dev Patel, we have Pete Davidson, and then finally we have Joey, who's the dumb idiot, but that gets all the girls. Oh wait, maybe Pete Davidson is um, Joey. He would that's, make, that's yeah, the he's better Joey. Joey. And Chandler's got to be a bit awkward, but he's funny and gets all the girls. Chandler, um, mm, Chandler's tough, isn't he? Oh my god, can Aidy Bryant be in it? Who? Aidy Bryant. I don't know Aidy Bryant. Yes, you do. Aidy Bryant. Um, they're in Shrill. Oh, I love her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's good. She can be in it. All right, cool. We'll put Aidy Bryant in there too. And everyone's loving loving Bowen. Bowen Yang was born in Australia. Bowen Get out Yang. Of town. Who's Bowen Yang? He's a SNL, and he was born in Brisbane, Queensland. Can Can Bowen be the Chandler? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I cool. think so. I don't remember That's who so we cool said, that but we've cast in... friends. We've cast friends. I'm off Dove Cameron, though. I said that as a joke. I don't want to cast Dove Cameron. A.D. Bryant. Let's make A.D. Bryant Rachel. Yeah, Or right. Saoirse Ronan can be Rachel and A.D. Bryant can be Phoebe. Yeah, all right. Thanks. We'll put them all up. I still want to put Geraldine up for some stuff. Yeah, we'll put them all up. We'll just put, and Braz is obviously going in there too. It's going to be tough. You've got to call Braz. You've got to call Braz when they go with Sir Sharonan. Okay. I'm sorry, Braz. They went with Sir Sharonan. <laughs> but we do have you playing Gunter's new shopkeep. <laughs> Gunther, um, oh, man. Hey, Zach. That's so funny. Yeah. How many legless Starmos do you give the Hardy? We didn't even talk about John. He was fine. He played a greyhound race. And it, yeah, he was good. It was gross. I reckon this movie was like three episodes smushed together. That's what I reckon they did. I reckon there's like an episode of uh, The Honeymooners that's about him buying an old train. And I reckon there's an episode about them taking, a, like, finding a dog and taking them to the races. And I reckon there's also like an episode about buying a duplex. And I reckon they just smushed them all together. That's Probably. my theory. You know what I'm saying? Like a bit of yeah. a series of unfortunate events, Jim Carrey version. Yeah. Um, that's what I reckon. Um, he was in it more than I thought and he was fun and he was, you know, he was still kind of like he was pulling off that skivvy. He gets an extra. I would have given it um, like uh, two and a half Leguistamos, mm. but for how jealous I was of him pulling off that skivvy, so that bumps it up to three and a half. 
Oh, that's good. Um, I'm Turtleneck, this, if you're from I'm giving America, this three Leguistamos. Mm-hmm. This gets three Leguistamos from me because of how much he's in it and because there's some very, very good voice work from Johnny Legs in this film. You, he's, he plays the fast-talking, like, you know, shady dealer-type character very, very well. Um, and I do believe that John... Mike Epps and Cedric the Entertainer all had excellent chemistry, as did Gabrielle Union and Regina Hall. There's a lot of chemistry yeah. in this film. So I'll give it that. Um, but, nah, not the greatest script to work with. I'm giving it three um, Leguistamos. If I'd seen this movie and didn't know who John Leguizamo was, I would have thought he was good, but I wouldn't have really um, pursued a career in podcasting about him. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally feel you. I think it was nice to see him have fun. I think they let him have fun, and I think he had fun. Yeah, and I, I think agree. the cast was really—that's—I'll really say that of this film. Mm-hmm. You get like that when you're on a thing like this. The cast was fantastic. Oh All yeah, really charismatic and just a good vibe. Yeah, there I enjoyed is something, this film. There is, I don't—I haven't seen a lot of Cedric the Entertainer's stuff. No, but there me is neither. something very likable about Cedric the Entertainer. This is—I'll be straight up. This is a comedy, and it is not the funniest movie I've ever seen. But no. I do think that Cedric the Entertainer—it made me want to check out some of his stuff a bit more. How about that? Yeah, I was like, I who, tell me more about Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah, Entertainer. entertainer. Um, I have a—I have a very quick review to read. Hmm. Um. Okay, so where is it? Fuck, fuck. Um, it's called Terrible Five st- Five Leguistamos mm. by podcast listener fifty, mm-hmm. and they gave us five stars. Thank so you. So we have to listen. Thank yeah. you. I listen to fifty podcasts every day, and all of them are terrible, and this one is no exception. But it is the podcast which has the highest concentration of Leguizamo talk, so it earns it five stars from me. Great. That's great. Thank you. Thank you, podcast listener. Um, and I just want to say, if you are thinking of watching the 2005 film version of Honeymooners, just a warning, if you're a little bit younger, it is a PG-13 rating for some innuendo and rude humour. So yeah. just ask, check with your mum and dad before you check it out. Because say, mummy, does- daddy. <laughs> Can I please watch The Honeymooners starring Cedric the Entertainer? And they say PG-13, I don't know. And you say it's only for some innuendo and rude humour. And they go, okay, but don't tell your mother. Although for its DVD release, several lines of more suggestive dialogue were cut from the film in order to gain a PG rating for family-friendly marketing purposes. I wonder which version we saw. I would say the PG-13 one. I don't know. I'm like numb to like what's offensive anymore. Yeah, there same. could have been some stuff in there. Hey, Mish, it's always a pleasure. You know what? I felt like I was in the room with you. It does feel a bit like that, doesn't it? Except that I'm always constantly worried that I'm peeking over Zoom. And by peeking, oh. I mean not on drugs. I mean through my microphone. I thought you meant like peeking and I was like, please God, Mish, I've let you down if the John Leguizamo podcast is your peak. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> All I've got. Can I just say, and probably by the time this comes out, the Mission Zach Instagram is only mm. 10 followers away from overtaking oh, my personal this. Instagram, you which means that my concept, my concept is more loved than me. Do you know how many times you say that to me, Mish? 
Do you know how many times you say that to me when we are all riding the Auntie Donna wave? Yeah, that's true. Like, you're like, oh, We're it's so ways hard off for that. Play. Zach, can you imagine what it's like to have a concept that's more loved than you as an individual? It's like, yes, that's the last 10 years of my life, Mish. <laughs> so all I can in. hope for is another concept that people like. <laughs> we'll get one. We've got some really good Michael Shenanza up next. Oh, do you, do you want to hear my idea that I had in the middle of this podcast and then we'll wrap it up? I had an yes. idea for another podcast in the middle of this podcast. Yeah. This one was too long. We should have picked something shorter. This is too long. It's like three years. My other idea is um, movies, you watch movies starring actors that where the actors tried to get the movie stopped from release. <gasps> oh, Zach, that's delicious. So there's like Basketball Diaries or no, like the Tom's can Plum we, or whatever. Can we please uh, stop recording this podcast so we can discuss that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.